Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I reckon it's still morning, and by my clock, we have six minutes until it's noon. So, if you're awake right now, you are still you got up in the morning. If you just now woke up, technically, okay, technically. So no shame there. Uh, If you're getting up at eleven after eleven thirty on a Tuesday, I envy you, um, very much. But we'll have to get over that, move on, and get on uh, get on with the show from here. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And welcome to the Hail State Shockwave. Um, but one thing before we start, I'd like to point out, guys, you know, we, and this is, you know, we're not complaining. We're glad that for all of y'all, each and every one of y'all, all right, we love everybody that listens to the show. We stay between about, about the same amount within 10 or so each week of how many people are listening. It's not growing. Me and Gavin are posting about it, or telling people, and that's and it's embarrassing. You don't want to be that guy that has a podcast. You're like, hey, yeah, I have a podcast, because everybody nowadays has a podcast, and it's annoying, and blah 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 blah. And not everybody's, you know, some people just get on there to just talk and just to hear themselves talk. We're trying to get on here to give information and to provide news and to, you know, we get. I mean, we do get paid by the company that that syndicates the podcast, so it's not like we're. We don't get any extra for doing the podcast. So. We don't get any extra, but they did ask us to do it. We're probably going to we'll, – yeah. we'll make it to where we get extra. We could get extra if enough of y'all were listening, by the way. Yeah. Um, just, but this – is, This is solely for your entertainment at the this moment. Is, for, the, for your at the moment, this is all for you. We enjoy doing it, yeah. but it's all for y'all. And it's, it's stayed – we've got a steady pace, a steady – you know, the first, the first couple of weeks, we actually had a more than we do now. But for the, mo- for the last month or so, it stayed about steady. How many people are listening? We're trying to get that to grow. Tell some folks. I'm not saying you got to go make write a whole tweet about it. I don't. Or I don't know what Facebook. How Facebook works. I don't say yeah, I don't you don't have that. to go face. You don't have to go Facebook about it. Uh, <laughs> please don't go Facebook about it. You can Instagram story. about it. I mean, it. you can totally Facebook about it if you want to. You could do an Instagram story about it, or you could just say, "Hey, bro, like I listen to these two kids, and they're like, they're like." in college but they're like no you can lie a little bit and tell tell everybody that you, we know what we're talking about <laughs> and be like they, they've got a lot of information that like sometimes it's you know breaks early which is true sometimes we do have good information like that and i mean and they just you know have say really good stuff and they roast vanderbilt and roast old miss all the time and it's it's just it's a great show you should you know you can tell them that you don't have to tell them that sometimes we drone on for for an hour and 15 minutes just tell them the good stuff yep Anyway, that's our shameless self-plug for today. Uh, we're not going to hold it against anybody if you don't just toot our, toot our horns and tell, tell the world about Gavin and Colton and the Hell State Shockwave. We're not mad if you do. We're not mad if you don't. All right. Moving on to what we do have in the show. Um, we are not did not get a ton of information. We're not even going to go over injuries from last week. Uh, because you've got a bye week, and so you don't really have to say much. It's not terribly important. Thank goodness. I think we all need a bye week. Yeah. Do you, Gavin? We, we're yeah, in need of a bye week. Especially after Sunday night football. Yeah, for those of y'all that don't know, I was in the Superdome for Sunday night football to watch what I was hope, what I hoped would be a Dallas win. I did not get my wish. So I've ha- I haven't had the best weekend as far as sports goes. Actually, all every sport my high school played this weekend ended in a loss too. So <laughs> – it's it's been a bad weekend for me. Yeah. So we do need this bye week. It's coming at a good time. 
Um, so, but anyway, not a lot of injury updates because of the bye week. Just moving on <clears> to just kind of what happened Saturday. I mean, it's kind of combined. You, you, it's a perfect storm of terrible luck, but not great officiating, and not <clears> being prepared at all to play. It, it we just didn't look like we were ready to play. And once we got down, we you kind of. T- I know some people are like there wasn't a lot of quit in these guys or whatever. There was some players that there was absolutely no quit in. And a lot of the second string, there was no quit in. But there was some bad responses by some of your starters that I didn't like to see. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll break out into all of it. First, I don't – Gavin, I, I, how do you get a first – uh, excuse me. How on the first play of the game do you get a delay of game penalty? Like – Just bad communication, bad preparation – I, that sounds like that's it's an easy something that shouldn't be hard to fix, but like that play should be scripted out at the beginning or two or three plays maybe it should be scripted out at the beginning. You get out there, see how they're lined up, call whichever one, and go. Like it's yeah, you've got well, that. Well, my in thing your head about that, and Joe in the post game press conference was saying that uh, he feels like they were running the clock before the players left the sideline. But I'm with you, even. Even if they start the clock a few seconds early, it's the first play of the game. You should already, you should have known for a few days what you're running at that point. I mean, the, I I do think there is some there's some weirdness involved. If you got two on the first drive, like that doesn't make any sense because we haven't had a ton of delay of game penalties. Uh, but because you had one on the punt play in that same drive, I do, because of those two penalties, I do. It does seem like. Something weird was going on, but still, especially the first one, you got to get that get that under control. Just yeah. so you start off bad. We don't have a great punt. We'll talk later. Gavin, remind me to talk about special teams. If y'all might not have realized, there has been a special teams mistake, a big one, every single game, and we'll talk about this stuff later. Kentucky, there wasn't just a huge mistake, but there was there wasn't any wasn't there was some been some things that need to be cleaned up. Um, yeah. But anyway, so. You come out, they score on the first play. You're like, crap. Well, there's a run play. That's what we said. We didn't stop the run, which we didn't do. We defense was awful. Um, we made we made Bo Nix look like the second coming of Joe Montana. <laughs> I mean, and number eighteen, Seth Williams. We couldn't cover him at all. That's their like. I probably that's a he's a really big guy, but he's. I don't understand how you miss and blow coverages and miss coverages on somebody that's six five. But yeah. And that's their the third their third best receiver if by statistically. He might be their best receiver, but statistically he's their third best. And uh he's not Anthony Schwartz that's can run that runs a four two and he's not Eli Stove that led the team in catches and yards, but you know, it's fine. He killed us today. He absolutely just killed us. Anyway, so you you get you get down early and then Tommy Stevens gets hurt. And it's not even the same thing that's been hurting. He's, he had a lower body injury, which it lo- it probably could have been rough in the passer on that play. There's two plays that could have been rough in the passer that if it was Alabama or Georgia that had been sacked like that. or Yeah, like that, that one that happened to Garrett would have for sure. Oh, yeah. That was, he got smoked. That was te- that's textbook with the new rules. Yeah. Um, That was – anyway, we can talk – that's a whole other thing. The, the referees did not cost us this game, guys. No. So, Tommy Stevens gets hurt, and now you're like, great. So, now we can talk about that later, too, about what the Garrett Schrader-Tommy Stevens situation is. But Tommy Stevens is hurt, so now you're down a quarterback, and Auburn gets good field position, and they get to score again. Um, eventually, like y'all know, it got up to 21 to nothing. 
Tommy's hurt. Uh, we put Garrett Strader in the game. He leads us on a, to a, a scoring drive. It's, you know, Garrett Schrader has come in to three games out of, uh, out of nowhere off the bench and has led us to three straight scores in his first drive. That's pretty impressive. Uh, kid's got yeah. a lot of gumption. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll get more about him later. Missed the extra point. Auburn scores again. And then actually went was 21 to zero with literally 21 to zero with six minutes had passed in the game, guys. That's an imp- impossible. That's almost, that's an indubitably bad. We, I would be very, very shocked if we scored twenty-one to zero on Abilene Christian with six minutes in the ga- six minutes into the game this year, guys. Yeah. If if we got six minutes into the game and we had the ball first, guys, <laughs> six minutes into the game and we had the ball first, that is, at the, I would love to see if there's like a statistical odds of that happening. And all okay. three, all three were offensive touchdowns. It's not like they scored on defense or anything. I mean, like it, there was no pick six or anything. It's it make it's bizarre. That that's bad, and it's a lot of bad. A lot of that was bad luck. A lot of that was uh, bad discipline, and a lot of that was bad calls. It was just a lot of things. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't even say bad calls, except that I do think that play clock uh, that started the whole collapse was probably starting early if they if they listened twice. But anyway, that still didn't. That still should have been corrected anyway by the coaching staff and the players. I do want to say that everybody's freaking out saying we suck, but. If we're, if they're not spotted twenty one points in the first six minutes, that's like, that game is a lot closer. I mean, like you. Here's the thing: we gave we, and six minutes left, the game was over. You, we did not get to watch a football game. We got to watch a couple guys line up and and see what they were going to do, because you got a drive that was stopped by freak penalties. Um, the the freaking turnover uh, on the kick return and all of a sudden it's 21 to zero and you we've got we don't have a football game anymore and now it's you know we're we got we got to play for I guess 54 more minutes let's uh let's do what we're supposed to do and get out of here I mean and Auburn's thinking the same way okay guys let's nurse this lead and they didn't they were on the they mm-hmm. were on the attack so you can't glean a lot from this game as far as X's and O's and ability, you can glean a lot from this game. We'll talk about later about discipline and preparedness and stuff like that. Anyway, moving on, we we go up. We end up twenty-eight to six after a mixed extra point, or after a mixed extra point, it was twenty-one to six, then twenty-eight to six. When it got to twenty-eight to six, and Auburn actually had a drive that was the length of the field, and they scored easily, and we're down three touchdowns. We're now with a all. Uh, the fourth, first quarter is almost over. That's when I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't – this ain't it, guys. This is not our game. This is not our night. Um, because, again, a lot of those things to get – once they got up 21 nothing, a lot of that was fluke stuff and stuff that we probably wouldn't come back from, but at least didn't make any – we couldn't have expected or couldn't have predicted. Once they got 28-6, to six, though, you start getting guys that are just kind of – looks like going through the motions. We gave up 38 uh, – excuse me, not 38 – 42 points – in the half, which is a record, by the way, we gave up uh, six touchdowns in, a, in the first half, a school record for points allowed in a half. That's terrible, guys. That's not <laughs> a stat we need to be proud of. Um, and then, you know, you come out in the, in the third quarter and you kind of – you get some life from your offense. You create some turnovers on defense early, and it looks like we're kind of at least trying. And then we, we, we let our own mistakes get our heads down and get us, by, get us uh, out and – 
out in front of our skis a little bit. Errol Thompson goes out with a uh, with a targeting call, which had they called it had they called it a late hit like they should have, it would have been a fifteen yard penalty and no targeting. But they didn't call it a late hit. They have to go back and review it for targeting, and then they call it targeting, which it probably was. But it's not the thing because because he hit the dude square in the chest, which is a target area. That's okay to hit. I don't think they would have called it targeting had they just th- thrown the flag like when they should have, and we would have still had Errol Thompson for the rest of the game. That of course happened. That happened late in the first half, but uh, I got a. It didn't actually. It I, might have sounded like I was talking like it happened in the third quarter, but because that's important because now Errol can play the next game. Yeah. Um, but anyway. There's not just a ton of – not a ton of positives to draw from the game. Like I said, we, we kind of just kind of got defeated. Most players – now, Garrett Schrader was never that way. Kylan Hill was never that way. Kylan Hill was a grinder, yeah. an absolute grinder. And a lot of your second-string defense wasn't that way. But you just – we didn't get to watch our guys play the way – to play like they were ready to win. We didn't get to watch our guys play like they had a chance to win because once you're down 21-0, to zero, you know, that's about that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Not really, but unless you're the Big 12. Hmm. In the SEC, that's it. And so, the most disappointing things, for the, I think, from the game isn't the score and it isn't how bad we got beat. It is the fact that our defense looked porous and awful, and that's just inexcusable. That's not an offense that has, that has been lighting people up, guys. They scored 24 on Tulane at home, okay? <laughs> this isn't – Bo Nix shouldn't have had 40, almost 400 total yards. He's a, he's a freshman. All right, he outyarded Garrett Schrader in any of Garrett's games, and I like Garrett better than better than Nick's. Nick Nick's is a sharp, is sharp, is uh, poised and and all that. But I think Garrett's more athletic and bigger, and a, may, probably a better passer at this age. At this state, stage, Bo Nix gets a lot because a he's at Auburn, b his dad was a famous quarterback at Auburn. Um, for those of you that don't know, Garrett Schrader's dad played college football too. Anyway. The most negative things, though, isn't just the score. It's not the fact that we did get blown out. It's that our defense not only didn't got scored on, but just didn't look like they showed up. It's discipline. All right. It's, you know, C.J. Morgan has hits Bo, uh, Booby Whitlow when he's three yards out of bounds and then acts mad when he gets a flag called. If, and Joe Moorhead chewed him out, chewed him up one side down the other. Uh, I got a glimpse of that, but I think he probably should have had to leave the game for a quarter or something like that because that's just – you can't do that. That's yeah. a senior, guys. That's a senior. Errol Thompson with a late hit, and, of course, he did get ejected. We didn't have to do that for him, but that's that's your captain. And we love Errol Thompson. He's one of the smartest, the level-headedest guys on the team, and your captain hit a guy two two seconds after the whistle was blown. Okay? You can't – there's another thing that you can't do. Hit him with the crown of his helmet. Absolutely did. Whether you like the call or not, he hit him with the crown of his helmet. That endangers Errol Thompson. That put, that puts him at risk for the rest of the season if something happens to his neck. Things that you risk that's, your life. That's what you're that yeah risk risk his life. Heck, forget that's bad, bad on me. Shame on me for thinking about the football aspect. Top Errol Thompson could be in a hospital for hitting somebody with the crown of your helmet. That's why that's a rule, guys. Your neck is. There's a lot – I don't know if y'all know this. There's a lot of important stuff in there that's, that, can, that can snap. You've got, you know, at least six or seven things in your neck that are very important. <laughs> anyway, you can't be doing that. And so that's disappointing. 
the fact that another thing that's just not necessarily disappointing, but just another wrinkle to that we got to clean up is guys. I, I know we love Garrett. Garrett's got to quit leaving his feet. The helicopter was fun. He didn't get the first down, so it was useless, and he could have he could have broke his neck, could have broke his leg. Guys, if he lands different, if he doesn't land on his butt, it, it, Garrett Schrader could be done for a long time after that after that helicopter. That was all cool. Yeah. And if he had been injured, you wouldn't have seen all the jokes made about it that we saw on Twitter and all that that were funny because that was dangerous. Now yeah, he, The people who were outside the situation, I guarantee they looked up if he was hurt or not before they made the joke. I hope so. Uh, or at least the first few people that made the joke. And then when you saw that it was going around, people probably assumed it was okay. Yeah. Uh, guys, Garrett Schrader jumps when he's about five yards. He's about four yards short of the end zone. There's no reason. You're only jumping if you could stick the ball out and then bring it back, and then that's it, a touchdown or a first down. Not yeah, even a first I watched down. him explain this jump, though, and it made more sense after I listened to him talk about what, it. What did he say to explain it? So the guy was going low on him. He said he jumped to keep his knees from getting injured. He said the guy's helmet and shoulder pads were going right for his kneecaps. Okay, that's not – And a- he said he jumped to take him out of the hit. That's 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 understandable, but if you're going to jump, you got to protect the ball. Yeah, you got to keep it high and tight. Still, you, you still can... you've got to. You, and again, uh, maybe not. He did look like he was trying to clear the whole dude. Maybe just get it, get it, uh, sidestep him or barely or not jump quite as high. He leaped. I mean, he he took yeah. off. It's not something that you got to do. And of course, the announcers were like, he needs to go low there. And I guess with your explanation, I, I kind of see. I can kind of think of that play. You can see your point. Uh, can see his point, but that you know, you know that cost us a touchdown. Another thing that just is embarrassing, not embarrassing, but just sad. Farad Green has a touchdown pass. He's rumbling in the end zone. He was not going to be tackled by that guy, except that he grabbed his face mask. That's a that's a cheap penalty. Right grabbed there. his face mask and ta- and got him four inches short of the goal line. Mm-hmm. He would have scored had he not tackled him illegally and dangerously. And then when we're four inches short of the goal line, you get a, a illegal procedure and then a fumble, and we don't end up not scoring at all. Because yeah, the best, the and, best football player in my high school's history set us back five yards. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah, that was Darian Parker. Oh, oh, Darian Parker. I, uh, Darrell Williams, as as a leader should and a captain, took blame for that snap in the post game. But he, uh, yeah. But it, I knew it was on him. It was, it was on Parker. I thought you were talking about a. Uh, I got confused. I thought you meant the cornerback that tackled for Rod was oh, no. from your high school. <laughs> um, yeah. It's – you hate to see all those things, you know. That would have put us up – that would have put us put us closer, made it a more respectable game. But, like, I, you know, you can't – you can't let the score and just the fact that we got blown out just make you just feel all this despair and whatever because there is things to work on. And everything that happened, guys – a lot of it was stuff that we could fix that we did to ourselves. We've got to have a better attitude that when we come to the come to the game, we have to be better prepared. We have to be to not get defeated when you get behind. We have to have better discipline and not get have late hits and have uh, targeting and all that. Because guys, I mean, there was a lot of penalties on us in that game. There's no need for that. We talked about uh, in the pregame show that pen- penalties on the road have hurt us in recent years, and it did. They did this game. Uh, Joe Moorhead gets a penalty for. That would have finally forced a three and out for Auburn, but uh, he gets on sportsmanlike conduct himself as a coach, which I don't like that because he was trying to uh, protect his guy. Um, 
he was trying to protect his players, and I don't think I, I highly I don't know what was said, obviously, but I, surely and all the things that coaches say to referees and officials, that just wasn't the best. I don't know. I just don't know what he could have said to warrant a penalty at that point where you finally get a three and out, that it's going to be a huge game-changing penalty, or not a game-changing penalty, but a drive-continuing a drive continuing penalty. He said, when Joe Moorhead's talking in his ear all, all night, and so is Gus. He said, uh, Gus, or not Gus, Joe actually said that he asked the referee, where's the effing flag? Because he thought that Garrett got targeted on that hit. It's 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 so stupid. So, I don't know. It's it's nothing that hasn't been said before. It's nothing that hasn't been said before. Nothing that I don't know. Jim Har- Jim so. Harbaugh and Urban Meyer. I've seen them say. I've seen Jim Harbaugh say a lot worse stuff. <laughs> I mean, that dude gets gets mad with his yeah. khakis over there. So I don't. I don't have a problem with Joe. I'm I'm actually happy that Joe is sticking up for Garrett in that situation. It's I just disappointing that the ref took that to heart. It's that one and why that one? Like that one was that one. Yeah. I remember that one was just crucial. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Joe said that he was going to talk to uh, the guys in the SEC officiating office about it and see what to do. Well, I will say, you know. Probably best if we just focus on ourselves. I mean, we didn't like, – officials didn't lose that game. Let's not – and I know Joe's not throwing blame around and he took credit and everything for the loss and all that. But we're not trying to – we're not trying to go and seek – find what's wrong with everybody else when there's plenty wrong with ourselves. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I see what you mean. Getting on to some big picture things, there's a lot of people. And, you know, I used to think, man, Ole Miss has some dumb people. And there's fan base. It's just it's, it's but guys, we're just as bad. Guys, I lo- y'all are awesome. We're all <laughs> Mississippi State fans. We and Mississippi State, a loss hurts everybody super super bad, and we all we all relate, and we all have something uniting us when we win or lose. And Mississippi State more so than most teams. Okay, I mean, I just feel like you know, some you see all Miss, you see a lot of all Miss fans, and I, this is a good example. And I'm not trying to d- knock all Miss; it's just the way it was. This is just the reality of how it was. I saw, I counted five or six all Miss fans. They were up ten to seven at the first quarter. Took a pitch screenshot of the score or a picture of it and said, "Posting because it won't last." Or I saw people posting jokes with a bumper sticker. I was there. Alabama seven, Ole Miss ten. Asterisk mm-hmm. after the first quarter, like. <laughs> That's if, if you want to be funny and, and, and I actually think the self-deprecating humor is, is good. You know, it's not, I'd, I'd hate, I would, I would be mad at the Ole Miss fans are talking about how they were going to win that game after it's 10 to seven. Cause you could tell that they weren't, it was a, their, their three point, uh, their field goal came after a fluke, uh, muff punt that doesn't ever happen at Alabama. You could tell that it just, it didn't feel like Alabama was in any kind of trouble. But Mississippi State, we don't just decide that, oh, we, we, we'll get really down on ourselves or whatever. But I don't see a lot of Mississippi State fans talking about resign that we're going to lose the game before it starts and not hurting after we lose a game, even if we thought we were, even if we were expected to lose. All my Ole Miss fans are like, us, whatever, it's Alabama, we're going to lose. And after the game, they're like, oh, it's Alabama, we lost. You know, if we lose to Alabama, we're still mad. We were mad last year. It was 24 to zero. And now we got screwed <laughs> in that game. So we should be mad, but we were we were ready to beat Alabama. We had the worst offense we've had in five years. We were trying to beat Alabama at in Tuscaloosa. We were trying to beat Alabama. We were excited to beat Alabama. 
So I had tickets to that game. I bought them when I thought I thought we were going to be nine and zero when we came into Tuscaloosa. And I was wrong. Anyway, we uh, we we don't we as a fan base collectively feel everything together, mourn together, celebrate together. But guys, y'all say some crazy stuff. There's a lot of people, and if it's y'all, I'm sorry. I don't want to make all y'all mad, but no, we don't need to go overhaul the coaching staff in the middle of, of his second year. I know it sounds like we ought to. I know it sound it, it looks bad, and the, the, here's one thing I don't I don't understand. If those of y'all that said Dan Mullen would have won that game, I need y'all to stop. We would have lost worse, and, and not saying Dan Mullen's a bad coach. Dan Mullen was worse at preparation. He's a worse recruiter. That's not related to that game. Worse at preparation would would mail Dan Mullen if he got behind or if he knew didn't know he was didn't think he was going to win the game would mail in a game. I've seen he he mailed in a couple of games he should have won when he was interview ready to interview for the Tennessee and Florida jobs. I, I y'all don't remember who Dan Mullen was if y'all thought he would have won that game. Would Dan Mullen have went ten and two last year? Probably because it was his system. The offense was there to play, run his offense and they were recruited to play in his scheme, and they were better suited to run his scheme. And that was what held us back last year, I believe, and it was. Um, but don't just say, oh, if we had done, we would have beat Auburn. No, we wouldn't. Okay, calm down. That's not what happened, first of all. Second of all, who, who do y'all think we're going to get if we run off Joe Moorhead in the middle of the second year? <laughs> who do y'all think we are? No, no offense, guys. Please. We're not Nebraska or Alabama or USC. We're not – Urban Meyer is not coming through that door. Brett, yeah. Brett, Brett Venables from Clemson's not coming through that door, okay? He's had every opportunity to coach anywhere in the country he wants. There's a reason he stayed there. There's anybody, any, any, any program in the country would be happy to have Brett Venables, and he has stayed put. Do y'all think after we run off a coach for having a winning record and at, and at least an even record in, SC, in conference play that – we're going to get somebody just awesomer or better, first of all. Second of all, Joe Moorhead is, uh, like alluded to what I said earlier, is recruiting better than we've ever recruited before. And I know that sounds crazy because the rankings of our classes haven't changed uh, a ton, but that's because actually the quality of athlete in the last couple of years has been outstanding. There's been just a lot more. So we have a five-star system. They don't just have like – there's not 45 stars every year. Some years there's 10 five-stars in the whole country. Some years there could be 50 or 65 stars, and that's both exaggerations. But So the, the class rankings is kind of funny. But, guys, we've already recruited several – we've got four-star receivers in back-to-back classes. That never happens at Mississippi State. We have had trouble recruiting receivers. We've got four, two four-star running backs in this class, okay? One from Georgia, all the way from Georgia. He, gave, he passed on Georgia to come to commit to Mississippi State. We've already recruited five-star. Our offensive line recruiting is through the roof right now. We've already got a five-star on campus, the number eight player in the country. We uh, Garrett Schrader is one of the, is the best quarterbacking recruit we've ever had. I know that sounds crazy. Other than Keaton Thompson, though, as yeah. a high school player, and 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 Garrett Schrader is a better will be a better college player than Keaton Thompson will probably be at his at his school, um, because Keaton Thompson fit, fits only fit, is less versatile. Really needs that run, that run RPO, that not the RPO, that uh, zone read system that Dan Mullen runs to thrive. And that's only his first, his first two recruiting cycles. All right. There's and Schrader, 
Schrader is the most polished quarterback this state has ever received. Schrader is the best-looking passer out of high school we have had in my memory, and that includes Tyler Russell, Chris Rell, Chris uh, Tyson Lee, Dak Prescott, Nick Fitzgerald. Um, that's about all. Keaton, Maiden. Maiden. Uh, oh, if you go to the backup quarterbacks and never play, you know, Nick, better passer than Nick Ciano, better passer than uh, Eli, Elijah Staley. Elijah Staley. We play basketball and football here. I like he's a cool dude. Yeah. Um there's just not there's no reason to go and just mail it mail it in on Joe Moorhead. Okay. Does he need to be held accountable for how we played? Absolutely. Because we weren't ready. His players aren't disciplined. He's a player's coach, but he's gonna have to be harder on him. Yeah. Gonna have to be harder on him. And I like him that he's a player's coach and the players like him. There's some players that didn't like Dan Mullen. And the people that worked for Dan Mullen did not like him at all, like his underlings, his camera guys and his staffers and his uh, – uh, not his recruiting coordinators and his graduate assistants. And I know that because I'm kin to some guys that, that didn't have that job for him. Uh, Joe Moorhead's not like that. And I'm telling you another thing about Joe Moorhead. He works a lot harder than Dan. Guys, Dan Mullen had bye weeks where he went to his lake house. Joe Moorhead's out recruiting as we speak. Okay, because it's a bye week. He's watching film. His, all his staff is working. They've got two weeks for the next football game. Moorhead has a greater football mind than Mullen. Joe Moorhead probably has a greater football mind than Mullen, especially just as, as far as concepts and schemes go. He doesn't uh, – Dan Mullen's biggest thing was he could, he could coach up a quarterback. But even so, he put, he put a quarterback in a very specific system recruited for a very specific system and said, if you don't run this system, you're not going to be able to be successful. And this is your mm-hmm. only really option. He didn't, he never adjusted the system a ton to fit a special quarterback. He would go and take a lesser quarterback in recruiting that still fit yeah. his system. Does that make well, sense? the thing is, the thing about Mullen is he would not develop a quarterback to be ready for the NFL. No, even Dak, Dak, Dak is just a freak. You got just, Alex. You got Alex Smith, which that was that was actually the system was a lot different back then at Utah. That's several coaching stops before uh, he got here. But you never, you're no, you're right. You never really. He's he doesn't. The, my thing is Dan doesn't go look for the best quarterback. He looks for the one that fits his system the most. Yeah. I think. And then he went to he went to Florida, and and a top rated quarterback was handed to him. Yeah, who's that? Are you talking about Franks? Emory. He got Emory just yeah, because Emory. of the, the school name. I don't know if Emory uh, pans out even. Emory does. Emory's more of a more of a runner, I think, than a thrower. So like like that, Dan likes him. Uh, also, he did good. He did good with Franks. I, and I know Franks is hurt. I hope he heals, heals up just fine. I don't think Franks is very good. Uh, I'm not high on Franks, Felipe Franks at all as a quarterback. Him or Kellen Mond. Those are my two overrated. The one I slept on was Joe Burrow, though. Joe Burrow, yeah. Joe Burrow's carving people up. <laughs> I'm re- I'm recalling my upset call after our, the way our defense played. Unless we bowl a shutout at a bowl a shutout, pitch a shutout at Tennessee. I'm I'm recalling my upset prediction of LSU. Sorry, guys. Uh, my upset prediction was Auburn, and we see how that turned out. So. I I mean our best chance at upset now is A and M. But anyway. As I was saying, we're not – no, we're not getting rid of Coach Moorhead. If you think we need to get rid of Coach Moorhead, my question to you, like I already said, is who who do we get? 
who who replaces him on the team? Because right now, a lot of and and I love Bob Shoot, but right now you got to point some fingers at Bob Shoot. I look too now. I don't know why he's not getting as much criticism as Joe Moorhead, but the offense is doing fine. Offense hasn't been a problem. In fact, if not for that turnover at the goal line, that should have never happened. We we score thirty points uh, last weekend. Missed extra point, stuff like that. You know, that's not on Joe. That false start wasn't on Joe. So, 30 points at Auburn is pretty good. That's one of the best defensive teams in the country. And, I mean, and that's with the turnovers that we had, with the penalties. So, it seems like it really, 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 really hurts to have Willie Gay and Lee Autry out for all these games, and we didn't think that it was going to be that bad because we knew at defensive tackle that that was a terrible – that was the worst position group it could have hit. But we thought we'd be okay at linebacker, and the linebackers didn't play a great game Saturday, but they held their own. Leo Lewis is having a really good year. But Willie Gage just was just a game changer against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And Lee Autry, that, he's the most experienced, and I didn't realize he was going to be our best defensive tackle because I thought uh, Crumity and Lovett were going to just be just dominant. More, more not dominant, but a lot, a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Lee Autry's probably our best defensive tackle, guys, and he's only got two games left to play. Yeah, Willie Gay is arguably a first round pick, and he's only going to play four games this year. Yeah, I hope he stays. Now we'll see. Um, that would that would suck for Willie Gay to only play. You know, he I, I, he didn't play a ton as a freshman. He did played every game last year, but then only played four games this year, and then that's it for for him and Starkville. You know, the fact that he's from here, I don't know if – I think that probably makes him more likely to stay. He's already got his whole family here while he's in college. It's not like he's missing them or anything like that. But uh, it's not – it's not – it would if just we, be a tragedy. If Willie if we leaves, we're going to be hurting next year. It would be a tragedy. Yeah, it would be a tragedy. Errol Thompson's probably going to stay because he's just not – he doesn't test well. He wouldn't be do good at the combine, just the way he yeah. plays. Uh, Will, a, Willie would destroy the combine. Though. Oh, yeah, Willie would. So, I don't know. Willie's just the hype man. Another, need him. another thing I just want to kind of just to close out, guys. Don't be that fan that just gives up on a football team or just criticizes. Criticize a coach all you want. Don't say stupid stuff. Don't say stuff that's wrong, like Sylvester Croom or Dan Muller would have won that game or something. Just be a little bit – I'm not saying you don't have a right to that opinion. I'm just saying it's wrong. <laughs> uh, well, there's this one specific fan page. I'm not going to say any names, but he he literally, on his Instagram story today, he's bashing Joe Moorhead, bashing the players, saying our defense sucks. Uh, you know, we – our coaching staff sucks. We need to fire Moorhead and all that. And then the next story, the next slide on his Instagram story, it's about Rodney Gross Jr., who's uh, the number two inside linebacker in the state of Alabama, saying get him to state. If 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 you are that toxic of a fan and you want people to come play for your team, why 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 do you think they would want to come play for you if you're bashing them? Guys, we arguably had a basketball player transfer just for that reason, or or try yeah. to go pro early when he wasn't ready to, just for that reason. Yeah, we almost had two. Reggie Perry almost did yeah. it. Guys, Reggie Perry and Lamar Peters both tweeted about how they're disappointed they were in our fans. Don't make it like that for football. What's wrong with? Do not – and I, I spent so much time on Instagram last year defending Nick Fitzgerald. Nick Fitzgerald, guys, is the second-best quarterback 
to ever play at Mississippi State as statistically and as far as wins goes. He's debatably, if you go back to John Bond and stuff like that, like you, you've got some an argument with John Bond, but he's probably still the second best and has some records that will never be broken. Nobody, nobody at Mississippi State will ever rush for as many yards as Nick Fitzgerald rushed for. And I know he wasn't the best passer in the world. All right. But why? Why would you bash and disrespect a player who is playing for your school, who is working? Literally, guys, it's like it's a 40 hour a week job on top of classes. That's what being a student athlete means. I was a manager for the girls basketball team. And for uh, my friend is a practice player for the they get boys, college students to come practice against them. You know, they just get you got to try out. They guys, they practice four or five hours a day, six days a week. And that doesn't count film sessions and workouts and all that. Okay. Student athletes give so much and they chose to come play here for free. They're not getting paid. We're not, I know some students, some student athletes are getting paid and they're getting scholarships. I understand that. I'm getting scholarships too. So I'm not, that's a lot of kids get scholarships. All right. I'm probably, I'm actually making more. I'm going to toot my own horn and this is bragging. I'm sorry, but I'm trying to make a point. I'm making more money than any athlete here. Okay. And that's, and that's, and that's because, you know, they don't, they're not getting paid unless, you know, there's some under the table stuff going on. I'm telling you that goes on. It doesn't go on near as much as you think. Uh, some of the best athletes on the football team might be, but your baseball players aren't getting that. And your, your softball and basketball players definitely aren't getting that. Your maybe your men's, but not your women's. I'm just telling you guys, student, how much, how much student athletes give for your school because they believe in something and they believe in a program and a place that could give them the best chance to succeed in life and, to, and, to, and can ultimately give them a stepping stone for the next thing, the next stage, or whether it's pro ball or whether it's a career in the, in the workforce or whatever. As much things Mississippi State gives them, they give more to Mississippi State. Yeah. They work so hard. And y'all, and for y'all to bash an athlete, to criticize an athlete's play is different. But y'all don't do that. I and mean, people don't do that. They're not criticizing, critiquing the performance. They go and they talk about how terrible this person is as a whole, just as their skill set just does is totally wrong. And that's just not the way to go about it, guys. And even you're, you, it's okay for you to point out like if they have if they have a bad game or whatever, and like they're you can see their lack of effort. It's okay to talk about it, but don't bash them publicly. Don't. Especially, especially if you're supposed to be a Mississippi State fan page or something like that. That's because, like, even even if it sounds dumb, recruits look at that sort of thing. They look at the fan base and they look at the pages and all that. I'm not going to say it makes an, a, a it's a factor in them choosing a school, but do you really think Rodney Gross is going to want to come play for a school where one of these fan pages is bash, publicly bashing players and coaches? <sighs> And that's the other thing. He, he talks about coaches. Guys, the players don't commit to a coach they don't love and respect and like. So you bashing the coaches is just as bad. They all – you think the players don't love Coach Moorhead? The players love Coach Moorhead. The most players love their coaches. Now, recruits are probably – you know, coaches are different to recruits than they are in the locker room because once you've got them, you can, you know, tell them what they're doing wrong and all that stuff instead of just yeah. gassing them up. <laughs> but, guys, the players and the recruits love Coach Moorhead. Coach Moorhead – Coach Moorhead texts and calls them all the time to just check up on them to see how they're doing. Not even related to recruiting. Just hey guys, you know, hope you hope you play, hope you have a good game tonight. Uh, good luck, beat whoever you're playing. He understand. He 
knows who they're playing, who their opponents are. Uh, text he texts them before they we play football and says, "Hey, I hope you're watching. Um, it's on this channel. I'll uh, see 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 you next time you come to campus." Stuff like you know, bashing that guy isn't going to make any of your recruits like him any uh, like us anymore. First of all, second of all, go ahead and talk about in public how bad the coach is, and maybe one of the recruits will agree with you, and they'll say, "Never mind, I won't go there." Yeah. I don't understand, and you have a right to your your criticisms and to your. Uh, critiques and to your points and your discussions about what we do right and wrong, but it just y'all a lot of people just take it over the top. The GoFundMe for Joe Moorhead's buyout that's so dumb. First of all, it's dumb, guys. And one of our friends started it. If we wanted to buy him out, we could buy him out. It would not be hard. He's it's he's not this is not Jimbo Fisher. Okay, that started by one of our friends, and we think it's dumb. (sighs) Who's wait? Who started that? Alex. That's Alex. Yeah. I wouldn't call him. A f- oh goodness! I hope Alex. Like, sorry guys. We're me and Gavin are just gossiping here. I thought I saw Alex tweeted that. I didn't know that he had started it. Yeah, if you click on the campaign, it says started by Alex Gomez. And then he Wonderful. wrote his article yesterday. I didn't read it. So, uh, it might be satirical, but it's talking about firing Joe Moorhead and letting him get hired at Rutgers. That's dumb. The dumbest For whom thing the I saw. Toll has posted it. The dumbest thing I saw, for whom the Cabot Tolls has already given up on Moorhead, which is, guys, you even if you don't like him as a coach or anything like that, stuck with him at least to the end of this year, but we probably got to stick with him a couple more years because if yeah. you, oh, we're, not, we're not attractive to a coach. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Not to a football coach. We're very attractive to a baseball coach. Extreme. We're probably the best job in the world for a baseball coach. Yeah. But you're not gonna, you're not, not gonna go freaking steal Dabo like people think we can. Oh my gosh! Like, you're not, guys. We're in the SEC West. We play. At, what coach wants to play against Alabama, LSU, and Auburn every single year? <clears throat> Who wants, guys? Nobody. Okay, we're blessed to have the coach that we have. It's Andy. Uh, Andy Kendrick's there. Listen to me. John Cohen did a great job to get to get any coach here to play, play those guys in, in football. All right. It's it's we're easy to to get a good baseball guy in here, and that becoming easier to get a good basketball coach in here if we wanted to. And I'm not how I'm Ben Howland. I'll be honest. Anymore. I don't not. I'm not low on him either. But I'm lukewarm on Ben Howland. But guys, we're not. It's hard. Vic Schaefer's great. Love the guy. Guys, it's hard. Nobody wants to come coach in here. Do y'all think we're gonna? Who do y'all think we're gonna hire? The best thing I saw, the absolute best thing I saw, somebody said we should demote Joe Moorhead, offensive coordinator, and hire a new coach. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. I'm sure that would go over like a lead <laughs> balloon. My gut, my gut. You mean to tell me somebody's gonna get de- gonna coach for the school that demoted him? <laughs> There's a reason Gary Henderson didn't stay on at uh as a pitching coach after he somebody else got hired. Uh, when he, I mean, he could have if he wanted to. There's a reason also, that didn't happen. <laughs> what is that going to do? What is that going to do if somebody says, oh, yeah, you can stay. And we know you call the plays right now, so we're going to demote you to off- offensive coordinator where you'll still call the plays. That's just – Sorry if y'all heard my blows dog my mind. Anyway, I, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right, I'll have to – we're going to send this one in. We're done. Cowbell by we're gonna get day. Tell them all. <laughs> Tell them all. We're gonna 
<laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pack it up for the day. We're gonna get off our soapbox now. Uh, follow us both on our Instagrams. Mine's Mississippi State Wave. Gavin's is Hail State Wave. It's all one word. Both of them. Gavin's page could eat mine. I've told y'all this before. Tell your friends about the show. And Gavin, do you have anything else left to close us with? Nope. Hail State. All right. Best of luck to whatever you've got going on in your life. And as always, praise the Lord and go dogs and hail state.